All right, all right. So we're looking at making, uh, in our Making the Homework Sunday School series. Today we're talking about what is so specific about gender. And um, you turn to Genesis chapter 1, if you haven't already done that, Genesis chapter 1. Um, I do have one outline left, if anybody uh, needs an outline. Sis, do you want an outline? I just saw you come in. Okay, you need one, Bonnie? Okay, all right, anybody need one? I got one left. Okay, all right, okay, all right. So if you need one, you can. Uh, we'll get that up here. Uh, but um, uh, So we're looking at, as I said a while ago, a very uh, hot topic, I guess we could say, uh, these days, a lot of confusion uh, about this, and I think the wrong attitudes towards those that don't believe in this and so forth. So we just want to look at some things um, and uh, uh, see what God has to say about it. Uh, but let's look there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. So we're looking here at the creation uh, of man. Uh, in our image, after the likeness of the fish, I'm sorry, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, <laughs> and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. And really, if there was a focal point of our passage, it would be this, this part of uh, verse 27, male and female created he them. And so certainly that's gender specific. And then verse 28 says, And God uh, blessed them, and God said unto them, be, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And so we see here that, uh, you know, that God certainly created a man and a woman. Um, and uh, the, we see the different genders there. And so God has has given, you can kind of follow along there uh, on your outline, but uh, certainly God has given every soul uh, a gender identity, okay? Now, here's the thing, folks. Uh, I know a lot of people, even people that don't necessarily believe in gender neutrality, yet they kind of give it a an okay. In other words, you know, what's the big deal? Well, I want to tell you it is a big deal. It is a huge deal. Uh, because it's a big deal to God. But it's also, as I think about what my family is going to have to go through, you know, my son and grandchildren after I'm gone, um, you know, it, it's, it's a little scary, you know, as we think about these things and the implications that come out of that. And so every Christian parent needs to realize, uh, and even church family, that we're locked in a battle with the devil, because that's where this comes from, uh, uh, over the affections of their children's soul. And we've talked about that. That's what the enemy wants to do. Um, and certainly, as we just read there very plainly, God has given every soul a gender identity, uh, even though our culture is saying, well, you know, that doesn't really matter. As we get smarter and, you know, as we learn more things, we realize that, that there is no gender and, you know, love is love and, you know, all these silly things that we hear. Uh, and so really what this amounts to, and I'm going to use this phrase because this is a phrase that isn't used often, but, but really I think defines a lot of the problems we have in our culture today, uh, and it's the unisex movement. And it didn't just start, you know, recently. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, and so we have to realize that the unisex movement certainly has been around for quite some time, uh, and little by little the roles of men and women have been adjusted and tweaked. You know, uh, you know, even before, you know, before a lot of us were ever born, a lot of these things were already put into motion. 
Uh, and today we have homosexuality, uh, we have gender neutrality, I even throw abortion in there. All these things are connected, uh, and these types of things are praised and, and applauded even. Of course, I shiver to what, think what's coming next, amen? Just the time you don't think it can get any worse, you know, all of a sudden there, there's something else that comes up. Uh, and so again, it's, it's something that we as believers, we need to be aware of and have a little zeal and compassion, a little righteous indignation, if you will, about it. And uh, so today, there's, there's a lot of confusion uh, concerning gender. Uh, and the thing is, there's a lot of powerful people and organizations that are behind this, throwing billions of dollars at it. But they, they, what they're doing is the biggest part of their whole system is targeting children, targeting young minds. Because, you know, they know they're probably not going to change somebody like me or probably most everybody in this room. Probably not going to change your mind. But they can begin to, to influence those children's little minds at a young age. And that's exactly what's been going on. Uh, and, and so again, that's why we need to really be aware of these things. Uh, just as if there was a roaring lion out there trying to get our children, I guarantee we'd be picking up arms. We would be, you know, we'd be fighting to the death. But yet a lot of people kind of take a blind eye to this huge attack on our children. And so we need to, 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 to see these things as they are. Uh, but it's not just children. Certainly there's a lot of parents that are being confused. And the, the argument that really irritates me uh, is they use the, the argument of tolerance and acceptance. That if you don't believe the way they believe concerning gender or neutrality or even uh, abortion, then you're a hater. That you don't really love people. That you're being intolerant. You're, you're prejudiced. You're biased. You, you, you know, your heart isn't right because you feel the way you do. Uh, and unfortunately, people that don't understand the Bible and the Word of God, they're kind of swept up into that. Even though they don't really back it, um, they kind of follow along with it. And it's amazing that they're blinded by the obvious that there is a male and female. You know, that's what's so silly about all this. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that there's boys and girls. You know, and, and all of a sudden now it's like, well, let me think about that. Maybe, maybe there really isn't. I mean, that's stupid. I mean, it really is stupid. Uh, but yet here we are. Uh, we're, we're facing these types of things. Uh, and so there again... You see uh, down there on your notes, five things that need to be considered concerning man and woman. And really, I think that these are, we need a revival, <laughs> you know, in these things. Uh, not, you know, not just the lost, but even saved people. And we were not going to talk about all these today, but just, just mention them. Uh, we need a revival in identity. We need a revival in distinction concerning man and woman, modesty, morals, and biblical roles. And I mentioned a while ago that, that this whole mess that we're in today culturally as far as homosexuality and, and gender neutrality and all that, it's not new. It's, it's something that has been building up for quite some time. And there's a little paragraph there I'd just like for you to look at on your notes. Many Christians are strongly opposed to homosexuality and gender neutrality, but have adopted many of the stepping stones that have led to these immoral ideas. Just kind of let that sink in, you know. We don't like what has happened, yet we have adopted some of that ideology a lot in our own lives. And then we step back and go, boy, I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, that, that's what happened. And so, again, getting away from the above list has resulted in the unisex movement and confusion and confusing the identity and roles of male and female. So it's just been a progression of wrong thinking 
that has developed into what we see today. Uh, and, and I believe it's going to get worse even. You say, how could, how could homosexuality and gender, how could, how could anything be worse than that? Just wait, you'll see, <laughs> you know, if the Lord tarries. And so we've got to be strong on these things, and we need to back up and say, hey, if I've made some mistakes in the past not seeing things right, then, then we need to, you know, uh, revisit some things. And uh, so really these, uh, these five things, even I was thinking about this yesterday uh, evening, you know, uh, preachers, you know, just talking to other preachers and, and a lot of the things, and, and we are to engage and help people, so I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but, but a lot of these things take up a lot of time and energy of a lot of pastors today. A lot of time and energy that, that really would be better, you know, uh, pointed in the direction of seeing souls saved and, you know, those types of things. Uh, but there's a lot of time and energy having to be spent on something that ought to be obvious. You know, these, these shouldn't even be issues today, uh, but, but they are. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it's sad uh, to, to see that, and a lot of it, you know, is the, the you know, the, the church being, being carnal and those types of things. We, we've taught and preached on those things. But the acceptance of homosexuality really and in, in gender neutrality, as I said a while ago, it's the fruit of some sowing that's been going on for decades. For decades this has been going on, uh, even in the lives of, of many uh, Christians. So even though I am shocked, even though I am, you know, just dumbfounded sometimes, we really shouldn't be surprised uh, uh, as we think about some of the things that have gone on over the last 80 or 100 years. And so confusion of sex roles, first of all, it's an abomination to the Lord. And we've studied that word abomination a few times in some of our other lessons, and and certainly we know the significance uh, of that. But again, it's not just gender neutrality, it's not uh, homosexuality, but all sexual sin. Adultery. Uh, shacking up with somebody, you know, live, living, you know, with somebody out of marriage, having sex before marriage. Those things are right in the same list as homosexuality and gender neutrality. Amen. You know, and so again, that's why I say a lot of us are shocked, but we have accepted the stepping stones that have got us to this point. So we don't, you know, yeah, we need to look at this gender neutrality, homosexuality, but really what we need to do is look at our hearts and see how we got here in the first place. And that might take all of us rethinking some things. Amen. And by the way, that's what revival is all about. Uh, and so again, it's, it's something that I think is necessary. And I think could actually turn America around in a very short period of time uh, if people would get a hold of it. But certainly, not only the Bible, but history shows that when immorality grows, nations collapse. I mean, it's, it's there. And certainly America uh, is well on its way, in my opinion. And again, our, you know, talking about reaping and sowing, our country's reaping the seeds, uh, I believe, that were planted long ago uh, that promoted all types of sexual sin and got the ball rolling uh, towards this mess, you know, that we're in right now, basically the unisex. In other words, confusing the roles of men and women. In other words, getting away from what the Bible teaches. And so as parents, uh, grandparents, even as a church family uh, that's concerned uh, with the children that you know, whether they're our own or that we're ministering to or, you know, you're a teacher or what have you, what can we do? In other words, how can we show children the important truths of, of being a male and female? That God created them with a gender identity. God created them with that. And, you know, and, and certainly that's not something that you can just decide to change. Uh, God doesn't make mistakes. 
Amen. Doesn't make mistakes. Uh, and a person's gender, again, given by God, I mean, just common sense are going to tell you that their gender uh, is a huge part of who and what they are. And the devil knows this. Uh, and so uh, when a person is convinced or loses their gender identity, they really lose themselves and they can never be who they need to be for God. They can be saved because for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what I'm talking about. But as long as somebody is confused about what they really are and how God created them, they're certainly not going to be able to do a whole lot for the Lord. I mean, they're just not going to be able to. And so that's why this is all so, so very important uh, that we get a hold of because it is creeping into, uh, uh, you know, uh, professing uh, Christians' lives and families and even being given a nod which I just don't understand, but but certainly those types of things are happening. So that's why this this study, I believe, is really, really important, not just so we can, uh, I mean, I, I imagine most everybody in here will agree that homosexuality and gender neutrality is wrong, but again, we need to understand why we got to this point uh, in the first place. So let's look at some things. Number one, the foundation of God-given identity there on your notes. We read this but uh, already, but we'll read it again. First of all, uh, male and female, uh, equal in God's image. We saw that in verse 26, and God said, Let us make man in our image, uh, after our likeness. And then they'll have dominion over the things of the earth. Verse 27, So God created uh, in uh, created man in his own image, in the image of God created he, him, uh, male and female. Uh, me, male and female created uh, he them. And so, uh, Adam and Eve... Uh, First of all, we need to understand they were given the same human nature. Um, both were created, as we saw there, in the image of God, certainly above the animal kingdom. Uh, they were both equal. This is what we're talking about. They were both equal uh, in worth and dignity. Okay. Now, those that want to say that if you want to di- di- uh, say there's a difference between man and woman, it's because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're prejudiced against one or the other. In other words, if you want to make a distinction between male and female, then you're not treating people equal. But that's not true. God created them male and female, but they are equal uh, in, uh, as I said, in worth and dignity. So that's not, you know, that's not what that is. That, that you know, God's made that clear. Uh, in the image of God, means it means that as human beings, male or female, that we have intellect. Uh, the animal kingdom does not have. We have will. We have we have emotions. We have a a moral sense. We have the ability uh, to to reason. That's what all those things mean. And male and female were created equal in those aspects of what it is to be a human being. So this, we're not talking about one being better than another. Uh, and so, and most of all, man. Speaking of man, uh, uh, mankind, men and women, uh, we have a soul. And that soul, if you're saved, has the ability to communicate with God directly. And certainly that is something that is special about being a human being. And so again, when God created man in his own image, he created both them male and female. They were equal in that way. Uh, equal intellectually, equal spiritually, equal in war- worth. So both man and woman, they have to be saved the same way. You know, And, and so we see that, that equalness there. Uh, notice on your notes there in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, 
There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, I've heard a lot of people that want to confuse the gender thing. They'll, they'll use this verse, you know, trying to say that, well, there's no distinction between male and female. Well, again, you know, you need to read your whole Bible. and <laughs> You need to understand some things. Uh, and even just if you read that verse carefully, you know that's not what he's saying. Uh, but this verse is speaking about equality. It's not talking about distinction or, or being different. It's talking about being equal. There's no inequality between male and female. As far as that goes, he uses, what, what, uh, as far as Christ, as far as God's concerned, there's no difference in the first century slaves. There's no difference in the men. There's no difference in the women. They were all equal in the eyes of God. That's all that verse is saying. It's not saying that there's not a man or a woman. Because <laughs> certainly there were men and women in the first century uh, in that part of the country. There were certainly slaves. Those were there. That was a fact. But God says, hey, I'm seeing them equally. They're all equal. And that's all he's saying uh, there. And so so certainly uh, equal in God's image, but let her be diverse in physical design. You know, sometimes I want to say, duh. <laughs> you know, why do we even have to, you know, be talking about this? It's obvious that there, you know, there's a difference in physical design. Uh, and you see there on your notes, you have to flip the page there, uh, that equality is not sameness. In other words, you know, you know, we, we confuse that. Well, in order for everything to be equal, we all have to be the same. And by the way, this, I'm going to chase a little bit of a rabbit here, but this ideology isn't just here. Uh, it, it's the same as far as the socialistic things we're seeing in our country. In other words, this guy has no right to have a lot of money when this guy don't. They're not equal, so they both, he needs to give to him. Amen. You see this ideology? It just creeps into every aspect of our life. Uh, and, and it's even creeped into this. So equality is not sameness. Again, Genesis one twenty seven: male and female created he them. And so these are definitely uh, two different genders. You don't have to be, you know, a, a theologian in the, in the Hebrew to understand that. Uh, but the word male in the Hebrew, it means to remember, and I'm, I'm not really sure all the significance about that, but but the, the word female in the Hebrew actually has the meaning distinct from male. Isn't that interesting? That's why we need to use Bible words, amen? Uh, and so again, distinct from male, I think that that's, you know, huge. And uh, so a female is distinct from a male. In other words, there's a difference. Uh, and certainly the Bible shows a difference, uh, but even biology, you know, shows this well. You don't have to... You know, uh, children can see there's a difference between that until they're taught otherwise. Uh, and so men and women certainly have different physical designs. Uh, the reasons for these differences uh, are, are several that we could talk about. But, but the main one, uh, you know, just common sense is found in uh, verse 28, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them, the male and the female, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. Uh, so we're talking about procreation. In other words, having children. Uh, and certainly, you have to have a male and a female to do that. Amen? I mean, you know, just shame we even got to, you know, talk about this. Uh, number three there on your notes, Jesus taught gender in marriage. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 5 through 6, uh, and said, That is Jesus, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother, all of those are gender specific, and shall cleave to his wife, that is a female, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, there are, they are no more twain, but one flesh. 
what therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. So certainly God puts an emphasis on a man and a woman being married. That is a man and a woman. Okay? So very, very, very uh, important uh, to, uh, to get a hold of. So we see there the foundation of God-given identity. Now let's look at number two. Uh, and we'll leave, try to leave some time at the end there for some comments and, and so forth or questions. But uh, we see number two, the fight for God-given identity. And I like that, uh, the study guide that we're following or that I'm following, use that. I like that, the fight, um, uh, because it is a fight. Amen? I mean, this is a fight that we're in. I think it's a lot more serious than people need to, that people need, that people realize. And, and, you know, we don't need to be squeamish about this. God is clear on what he says. Uh, now, those people that, that believe in those types of things, follow those types of things, they need to be saved. That You know, God loves them. He died for them as much as he died for everybody. So that's not what this is about. But we need to be, you know, I think of uh, the Bible talking about how a, a, you know, a bear being robbed of her cubs. I mean, that's the tenacity that we need to be, you know, the zeal that we need to have in, in these things. Because, again, this is poison for the minds of our young people. And, and, and a lot of these things are happening right underneath the noses of people that they just don't realize the danger in all of this. Uh, and uh, I have there just a little list of, of uh, institutions for, uh, for children. In other words, they're supposed to be all about children, but are in favor uh, of this unisex movement. Uh, the Boy and Girl Scouts, they, they put up a pretty good fight, you know, years ago. I think there were some good men and women that understood this, but they didn't really have the, I believe, the spiritual end of it, so they just wasn't able to defend it the way they needed to. And certainly, you know, uh, the, you know they're, they're through. Uh, the YMCA, which is ironic, if you understand the, the true history of the YMCA. Uh, public schools, so we've talked about that. Secular colleges. Uh, churches that are unscriptural and liberal uh, certainly uh, are in favor of these types of things. And then, unfortunately, many, we probably really could say most of the famous people that children look up to, they're, they're for all this stuff. They, they are for it, and they're throwing money at it. You know, they're throwing money at it. So certainly that's something that we need to think about. Uh, you know, the message is, is, is that it's okay to go against God's design. You know, that, you know, it doesn't matter what the Bible says. You know, it, you, you can just do what you want to do, okay, and then feel how you want to feel. And uh, so here's what we can do, uh, the fight uh, for this. Uh, in letter A, first thing we need to do, and we've talked about this in other uh, things that we, we battle uh, concerning our children, but this is true, it's the same is true for this, avoid ungodly influence. Look at Psalm number 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. Certainly, we need to avoid those types of things. First Corinthians 15, verse 33 and 34, be not deceived. You know, you should just circle that. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Obvious. Awake to righteousness. You know, again, that ought to be circled. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Uh, for some have not the knowledge of God. And that's why these people do these things. They have not the knowledge of God Notice what Paul says, I speak this to your what? Your shame. Your shame. You know, instead of applauding these things, uh, these things are, are shameful. Uh, and so let's look at some sources of ungodly influence. Number one, the fashion and marketing industries. Uh, a lot of parents fall into this trap. Well, it's just the style. We had our style and our fad. Yeah, you did, and it was probably ungodly too. 
I mean, if you line it up with Scripture, you probably shouldn't have been doing that. Amen? And I, I'm guilty of that myself. Uh, so, uh, in reality, if we really look at some of the things that are going on as far as map, uh, fashion and marketing and those types of things, and line it up with Scripture, it's evidence of a society that's getting more and more immoral. <laughs> you know, the style really shows, you know, how far we've gotten uh, from God. Uh, and so, uh, again, we need to understand that fashion, marketing, they all have a specific agenda. And again, it's backed by a lot of ungodly people that are, it's not, you know, we kind of get focused in on those things, and we should be because it is against God. But, but you know, the devil's smart. His his true agenda is often hidden, you know, in, in, in you know, specific things. But all this boils down to, not just what we're talking about today, but just all the other things that are going on uh, in the world, is it's ungodly people trying to change society. I mean, that's what all this is about. It's about changing society. Uh, and it's working. Unfortunately, it's working. It's working. And uh, let me just say, as long as we see all these empty seats in our churches across America, it's going to keep working. Amen. Amen. You know, all you got to do is get on some type of social, you know, media platform, and you can see that that even a lot of, you know, Christian parents, you know, they're not spiritually in tune uh, in this area. You know, when young ladies and boys, you know, they're at the beach and they're smiling for the camera, no shame. But they're presenting themselves in public in a way that the Bible calls nudity. Amen. You know, that's not me, that's not my opinion, that's what, that's what the Bible says. Uh, and, and I'm telling you folks, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, it, it's something we need to look at. It's like, it's like when it comes to our list that we look back there uh, at the beginning, uh, but for some reason, if it's, you know, uh, entertainment, going swimming or doing work or playing some type of sport, it's okay to wear your underwear in public. I mean, you change the color of it, but, I mean, am I, I, mean, am I, am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong in that. Uh, and so, again, we need to understand some things. The fashion and marketing industry uh, is certainly uh, influencing our, our children. They're losing their blush. They're, they're accepting things that they've become calloused to things that God calls wrong. And when we, if we slip in that area, we shouldn't be surprised that boys and girls aren't boys and girls anymore. They're connected. They are connected. Uh, and we just need to be uh, real about that. I didn't always feel that way. Uh, but uh, God, you know, certainly through the Word of God has shown me that. Uh, I've never heard of this guy. Maybe you guys have. Roberto, I don't even know how to say it. I think it's on your notes there. Cavalier. Anybody ever heard of him? How do you say it? Cavalli. Uh He's some type of big fashion designer. I never heard of him. But look at the uh, his line of clothing for children. Angels and Devils Children's Collection. Boy, if that don't speak volumes, I don't know what does. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's very nice. Oh, he's talented. Oh, he's gifted. Doesn't that look good on her? Oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that nice? Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and God says, that's an abomination. That is nudity. Yeah. And the rest of the world, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. 
These things are, are, are so plain to see. And so again, we need to protect children from the ungodly fashion, certainly the marketing industries. I didn't talk a lot about marketing because we looked at that a few lessons ago. So the fashion and marketing industry, something we need to be aware of. The internet, I've been very vocal on this as well. It's dangerous to give children unsupervised access to the internet. It's not only dangerous, but it's naive, and it's just not really smart. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm being a little vivid here, but you know, I, I remember uh, dealing with things and and so forth. And I remember preachers saying this. You know, nobody, no dad or mom in their right mind would would leave a pornographic magazine laying out for their young teenage boy to see. I mean, you're you would be. Let's just be stupid. That would be stupid. But yet we hand them a phone that they can pull up anything at any time they want. That's how it needs to be seen, folks. Well, I want to know where they're at. Well, you can do that without a phone. Amen. Done it for years. Amen. Done it for years. You know. I'm saying you put your child in more danger by giving them that access than they ever will be for all the other flimsy excuses that we have. Let's just be honest. We just want our children to be up with the times. Amen. You know, uh, and so again, the internet is such a, a dangerous, dangerous tool. And certainly we're, we're reaping the fruit of this, uh, cause now we have a generation of, of, of not just young men, but, but mostly young men. Uh, young adult men now that have, that are addicted to porn and other immorality, and this all happened right underneath their parents' noses when these young boys started watching this pre-teen years because mom and dad didn't listen to the preacher. They didn't listen to what the Bible teaches about those things. Um, and then we all scratch our head and wonder what all these problems come from. Again, it's all connected. The homosexual agenda is everywhere on the Internet. Uh, and children uh, that have a phone uh, at their disposal, they get full access to this at will. And it's foolish, absolutely foolish for that. If you feel like they need to have a phone, get them a phone, but I just don't see why they need Internet. Amen. I'll move along. Number three, television. Uh, you know, just simply said, I've, I've talked a lot on this as well, I'm not going to go uh, spend a lot of time here, but, you know, folks, we got our head in the sand if we don't see the obvious thing here. <laughs> you know, and I made mention uh, in our last lesson, not just the TV show, certainly they're pushing the homosexual agenda. And and and, and certainly the gender, uh, you know, it's seen in those shows and those sitcoms and, and all those things. That, by the way, Christian, you ought not be watching that junk. You ought not be watching that. But even if the show is pretty good, look at the commercials. I mean, you're watching Andy Griffith on TV land. You know, and then all of a sudden you got two women that, that are, you know, you know, they're selling something or two men. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and, and little Jimmy and little Katie, they're, they're, they're watching that. You know, now we look at that, we go, ah! But if you, if you let little kids see that time and 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 time again, even if you're not for it, don't mean nothing to them. See it all the time. The little hearts get hard. Isn't that, isn't that sad? But it's happening, and it's happening right underneath the noses of many Christians. And, and again, that's something that we need to be aware of. Television, public education, the uh, LGBT, 
Let's remember what that stands for. I believe I'm right. Lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual, transgender activists. Oh, have they? Questioning. Yeah, so there's the whole gender. You know, it just keeps adding up. Now, here's the thing, folks. I I know I, I catch some flack from time to time for saying these things, but I believe it to be true. But a lot of these activists, they're getting into our schools as teachers and coaches, and they don't come in saying it. They, they don't come in saying, yeah, I'm for all this stuff. Because they know, especially in a, an area like this, it probably wouldn't be accepted. But they come in, like the devil does, sleeking in with a whole different agenda. And it's not teaching them what 2 plus 2 is and what real history is. It's pushing their socialistic agenda onto our children. That's what this is all about. Uh, and uh, they come in as teachers and coaches. They're on school boards. Uh, and certainly these are people that are very humanistic and socialistic in their thinking. Uh, e- even those that are not, you know, they're not homosexual, they identify even as a male and female, but they have no problem of supporting this movement because it tears, first of all, at biblical truth. Um, and, and I think on the political platform, they know these things will burn traditional America down. And that's what they want to do. They want to destroy it, okay? Uh, and they're doing it by poisoning the minds of our children. So we need to be aware of some things. Uh, we need to be aware of some things. And uh, I'm trying not to holler, right? but, but it, it irritates me. And uh, so I just want to read something that Paul Chapel wrote uh, about public school. He said, public school uh, district officials in Lincoln, Nebraska... I mean, can't get more, you know, the heart of the country than Nebraska, right? Lincoln, Nebraska. Never been to Lincoln, Nebraska, but but anyway, it says here's what it did. Here's the school system. Instructed teachers to make their classrooms gender inclusive. Instead of asking boys and girls to line up as boys or girls, teachers have uh, been encouraged to segregate the children by whether they prefer skateboards or bikes or whether they like milk or juice. And he goes on to say, it's not difficult to find more examples. Uh, And what's interesting uh, is that in all of the news articles reporting these shifts, they specifically point out that the purpose of degendering the schools relates to the LGBT tolerance issue, that tolerance thing. You know, they, they say, well, we just want everybody to be treated equal and people ought not be discriminated against. And that sounds good and noble, but the bottom line is they're trying to change America. Uh, even though, uh, even the so-called anti-bullying programs of public schools, see, if you don't like, you know, if you're against homosexuality, you're bullying them. The anti-bullying programs of public schools, and nobody ought to be bullied, uh, are often just a promotion of the gay agenda, and I believe that to be true. Uh, again, you know, who's going to stand up and say, we don't need an anti-bullying uh, agenda, because nobody want nobody in here, I believe, would want anybody to be bullied and picked on for no reason, right? Uh, so, but well, they like to throw that in there with that. So, anybody that stands against homosexuality, anybody that stands against the the gender neutrality, you're a bu- you're bullying. Um, uh, are often just promotion for the gay agenda. Uh, he goes on to to say some of the things I've already talked about. But these uh, programs are uh, plant uh, doubts and questions in children's minds. When you think of the easily impressionable minds of children, especially when they're 
uh, at points in their physical and emotional development uh, where they may already feel vulnerable uh, and, like, and like they don't fit in, uh, events such as Gay Pride Week can have a pro- profound influence on them. In other words, you know, you take somebody that's already feeling a little left out of stuff. Hey, come on over and be with us. We'll love you just as you are. You know, which is really, to me, is that's, that's pure evil. To take somebody that's vulnerable and say, hey, you come on over here, be gay. Hey, come on over here, don't identify as a man or a woman. We'll be your friend. That's what happens. Uh, and again, uh, a, lot of, a lot of these things are educational-based, uh, LGBTQQ even now. Um, uh, certainly not just elementary and high schools. He goes on to say colleges and universities also pushing that uh, as well. And uh, so, so again, those are just some things that are out there, folks, that we're having to deal with, and uh, and we need to understand that uh, uh, we need to understand what the Bible says, uh, and then I think too we need to maybe check ourselves and go, you know, you know, maybe I've been a little bit of part of this problem. Amen. You know, and, and so again, we it's, it's some things that we really need to to get a hold of, but let's think about what weighs in the balance. Is it my pride? You know, not you know, not wanting to admit that maybe I have made some mistakes and those types of things. Are we going to weigh that against the destruction of our young people? You're right? I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I would venture to say that even at a church this small, there's probably been children that grew up in this church that now associate with that kind of lifestyle. So it hits home, doesn't it? And don't think it can't happen again. Don't think that it can't happen again. Don't think that it can't happen to yours. Amen. <laughs> Whew. we got to get serious, don't we? They're after our children. I don't know about you, but I'm going to hurt somebody that tries to hurt my child. Amen. 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 That's what we need to do. All right, well, praise the Lord. All right, any questions, comments? Yes, Brother Bob. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. See, it's not about education, it's about social reform. And so if you do socially right, you pass. But if you don't do socially right, it's not about learning. Yeah, hey, amen. I thought I saw somebody else raise their Yes, Miss Angie. Okay, hey, ladies, I, I can't hear. Yep. I, I don't think it is either, and it it would be a discussion, probably without young ears. But 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 what I'm saying is is that God doesn't make mistakes, and it's clear what God says about male and female. That's where we have to start, and anything else that seems might even seem a little confusing to us, it's our problem, not God's. <laughs> We're just not seeing it the way we need to see it. All right, anybody else over here have anything? Miss Nita. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't see it as... 
Yeah, yeah. Well, they see how you and I believe as the wrong, and we have to be corrected. So we got to get these children whose parents ain't got enough sense in their mind to know that there's no gender, you know, because your parents are stupid and they're haters. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna educate you. We're, we're gonna make you better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Uh, Brother Leon. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. No, no. I think a lot of it is, Brother Leon, and, and I know I keep going back to these things, but the average secularistic thinking unsaved individual does not take the Christian seriously. And there's a lot of reasons why he doesn't. There's a lot of reasons. You know, we can get mad about everything we, you know, and we're, we're in the right, but we have to back up and say, okay, where did we lose our power and our influence? And again, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. <laughs> you know, we have rolled over and let them have it. Brother Brad. Mm-hmm. Yes, amen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Amen. That's right, brother. Amen. It's a spiritual battle, that's for sure. Ephesians six twelve. Yes, Mrs. True. One more. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. We need revival, sis. We need revival. Not just a revival on, yeah, 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 amen. It sure is, it sure is. All right, all right, all right. One more, Bob. At least we got children's church, but one more. 